Brandon Ingram, it has been discovered, has a medical issue, which I believe takes Brandon off the trade market. All, if all this is true, then that fan should be banned for life from NBA games. Yes. They have two liabilities. One is DeMarcus Cousins on defense, and the other one is possibly Draymond Green on offense. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard sits with Skip and Shannon to explain why NBA fans need to be held responsible for their actions. Okay, we're joined by FS1 NBA analyst Chris Broussard. Chris, should the NBA have a problem with Russ's reaction last night? I think they should, uh, but first let me address the fan. Please. I think the NBA and Jazz need to do an investigation, as they will, and if the fan said what Russ says he did, and, and investigate his tweets. He deleted a lot of tweets. Mm -hmm. There's one where he went at Russ, called him classless, mm -hmm. used an expletive last year. And I saw a tweet. It's hard to tell what's real now, I think this, right? I think the one you saw in October was real. And I saw one where he used the N-word oh, in regard see. to another oh, person. Not oh, Russ, yeah. but just some random yeah. person who said something to him. And he used the N-word, okay. called him, you know, said, I'm going to beat you, you know, all this tweet. stuff. This was a tweet. Now, again, I don't know, you know, what's real, what's fake. Sure. But that should be part of the investigation. Okay. The, if the all I was of talking this... about was Russell Westbrook needs to go back where he came from. Right. That's another. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and what's he talking about there? Africa or what? Mm -hmm. You exactly. know? Probably, yeah. So all, if all this is true, then that fan should be banned for life from NBA games. Yes. If James Dolan can ban or kick out a fan for saying sell the team, <laughs> you know, if, if he can kick Charles Oakley out of the mm -hmm. arena... Yeah. then you can ban this guy for life. So that's that's number okay. one. Now, regarding Russ, I get it, pride as a man, especially when the attack is racial. But you have you can't handle it that way. Because what if what if that comes to a logical conclusion where that fan gets up in Russ's face, runs over, okay, so you want to do this? And those two start fighting. Because Russ wouldn't back down. Forget those two. What about innocent bystanders, little children, women, you know, that could get hurt. I mean, it would become a melee. And so you can't have this type of reaction. I'm not saying sit there and take it. I'm saying it's easy to say to team security, look, this guy is using racial epithets. He said this. Go tell the arena security. Agreed. I want him out. Agreed. There's Usher standing right there. We shouldn't I, but he, but but I, fine. But do and and if yeah. they don't do anything, right. then you timeout. Time, call a timeout. Get your you're the team leader. Get your players over here. Look, we ain't we ain't playing right now. Yeah. We are not playing until this guy's removed. Okay. He'll be removed. Mm. It's just too much, and that message has to be. I, again, I get the pride. And Russ said, if you if I'm on the street and you say something to me like that, you're not gonna. You know, I get it. You might risk an assault charge. But if somebody's man enough to come up to you and insult you, they can be man enough to take a punch and, you know, all that. But you can't do that in a... Pro you're in a professional environment. It's your workplace. And it's just too much that could go wrong. And like I said, the message has to be sent to Russ just because... Like, Ron Artest, we all know the malice of the palace. palace yeah. He had a beer thrown on him, which is as bad as what they said to Russ. That's obviously worse. 
If somebody, if somebody, I'm not sure about that. But it's ahead. bad. I got right. it. I if got somebody it. threw a beer on Russ, yeah. Russ would go after. He him. would. And we'd have yep. the malice in the palace all over again. And so I, I'm, I'm on Russ's side, but it, he just has to know. Look, we can't have this type of situation going on. We'll get the fans out of here. Mm-hmm. But you have to handle it differently. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I think there was a Thunder security man right, right behind right the bench. Right. But it was so loud that I don't think he could hear exactly what was getting picked up right. on the video right. we saw. Because Russ didn't go at the guy. He just stayed where he was at right. his seat, right. just pointing. And I don't know him. how close the guy was. Right. He in the front I mean, row? Three the, rows. Three rows three back. Rows. Okay, okay. He, right. Put it like this. He was close enough for Russ to hear it. But you right. hope others would have heard right. it then, too. It might, you know what? Right. The, the problem that I have since the Malice in the Palace, they put in protocols for how the players should act. But the fans' right. protocol has stayed the same. Nothing has changed for the fans. Mm-hmm. They get to say whatever they want. They get to lash out how they want. But what has happened, Chris, is this social media. Because, see, if you're at home, I can tweet at Chris Boussard and say whatever I want to say to you. But, see, when you go to the arena, that there's no more imaginary screen. That's live. You're there. I can't go into a Starbucks and tell my server, you know what, you are, you know what. You know your mama is a you know what. Your dad is a you know what. They're going to they're gonna call the cops. Because right. they call the cops on me wanting to use the bathroom. I know good and well they're going to call the cops on me if I start berating one of the one of the servants. Well, the other day, some guys, I forget where it was, at a fast food place, they went outside and started beating, you know, the, the workers started beating up the angry customer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And no. so that's the thing. The, the problem that I got, you know, when Russ said uh, about about the female, I'm going to whip right. you. Obviously. He should have told him, man, look here, your wife going to call you to really catch one tonight. <laughs> he gave too much detail. My wife was sitting there. She was sitting there, hands in her lap, and she didn't say a word. That's an awful lot of detail. Mm. The thing is, for me, it's hard for me to believe that Russ would have even engaged her had she not said something. For Russ to react the way he did, Chris, that man ain't just say, hey, bruh, like, like, hey, bruh, hey, sit down and ice your knees. Mm -hmm. Really? And Russ gonna lose it like that because he said, bruh, sit down and ice your knees. For Russ to react the way he did, because we go back to last week, Russ, when, when that kid touched Russ, he turned around and he realized it was a kid. I'm not so sure had that been an adult, he would have gotten the same response that right. the kid got. Because as we mentioned earlier, Chris, there was a, a soccer match in, I think it was England, mm-hmm. where a fan ran That's on the same. field and punched the guy. Okay. Have we ever seen that in this country? No. Punch, no. Nope. No. No fan challenging a player on the no. field. No. Never, ever. That was your scenario that you presented, right? Right, right. I've right. never it's seen that, that happen in this country. But you remember what Mike, when that fan came on the field and Mike Curtis was playing? Mm-hmm. You remember old Baltimore Colts? Do I? I bet he didn't run back on it the more he tackled him. He dropped that ham on it. I got that. And I I do believe Russ, when he said in his post-game statement, I've never put my hands on a woman and never would. So I don't believe he was going to do... No. But you still, obviously, you can't say that. Right. Agree. There's one silver lining to this for Russell Westbrook. This is the one thing I love about him. He is the rare player who actually thrives on this. He welcomes it. He embraces it. Not, not that he isn't standing up for his family and his, his pride, mm-hmm. his community, but, but he also loves engaging in this because he'll engage with anybody, anywhere, at any time. Usually, my rule of thumb is block it, ignore it, don't fuel it because the more you respond to them, the, the louder they're going to get and maybe the worse they're going to get. And you've been there. I've covered many playoff games in Utah. It's known for its fans' 
with their borderline vicious insults. It's one of the worst places in the league. I don't want to condemn all the fans because they have a whole bunch of good fans. But it can get loud and it can get vicious with the insults, especially around the, the you know, the ring around. And they're the closer court. to the court. They are course, than other closer, fans. and I've, I've sat courtside of a bunch of NBA Finals games there. How did Michael Jordan deal with it? He just didn't. He ignored it. I never saw him engage with one fan. I never saw him even look sideways at anybody. And you know there were some taunts thrown in his direction. I don't know how racial or racist they got. But he just took it out on the scoreboard. And I told you, I only bought one piece of memorabilia my whole life. And it's that baseline from the far baseline shot of him holding the pose at the free throw line. And why do I love it? Because you can see the faces of all the fans in the far end zone seats. Mm -hmm. They're horrified like this, like, because he did it to him again and he's holding the pose. Right. Well, that's how he took it out on them. Russ is fueled by this. And to his credit, he didn't come apart over this. He wasn't distracted. This didn't get him off his game. That was the second quarter. He just got better and better. He was great in the fourth quarter. Right. He was the one who shot the dagger from like, it was like 30 feet straight right. on. It was the longest threes made all year just to hammer home and slam the door. This was maybe as impressive a win as the Oklahoma City Thunder have had all year. But now back to your, your issue with this. The N-word to me, and I'm obviously not in your community, but it's a fighting word. It's the most evil word in the human in the English language. And it should be abolished somehow, but it never will be. And it's just out there and forever. And it sticks in my craw because it just makes my skin crawl when I hear it. The, the, if, if he did yell, get down on your knees like you used to, them is fighting words mm -hmm. to me. But in the end, you can't fight. I, I know you can fight back by going to security. Right. That's the way to do it. But I don't want Russ to lose by, you know, he says, and you wouldn't yell at in the street. Well, it's possible if you happen to walk through a bar, some, somebody in a lobby, somebody might yell it if they liquored up enough. So what if they did? What, what are you going to gain? And we talked about it earlier in the show. And you said, well, you would gain your, your dignity, your pride. Mm -hmm. You're just going to put that guy in his place. And you're going to go to jail for it? Yeah. Russell Westbrook has a lot to lose. He's the face of a franchise and one of the faces of the NBA. He's not a good player. He's an all-time great player. And would you want, okay, if the fan comes on the court and says, let's do it right here, do you, do you really want to do that? No, you don't look at the whip him, okay. Okay. You don't look at the whip him, Because like you, like you said about what you have to lose, Ron Artest was, how long was he suspended? No. 73 games, a whole season. Right. Yep. Russ would be suspended. Stacks say he lost three, four million dollars. Right. So that is, it's just too much. And, and, and to your point about Michael Jordan, Jordan came from a lineage that was a while, it was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, from Jackie Robinson on, black athletes were taught, look, you're gonna be have these insults, the racism, you turn the other cheek, yeah. all that. I like that Russ is like, and, and other athletes are like, no, we're not taking I, it I anymore. do too. Right. I, you, you now the only, thing is not to fight physically, I know, right. That's what I'm but, saying. but get them, whereas before you couldn't even maybe right. got them ejected from the arena. Right. Now you can get them kicked out and, and banned out. and all that. I and that's think, how I think Russ, it was more threatening. Leave it alone. It's almost like a rattlesnake. The rattlesnake just doesn't bite. It rattles first to let you know, okay, you tread, you tread with I danger. Did, I did like it. I must yeah. admit, yeah. It, it gave me goosebumps, like in a good way. Like <laughs> I'm gonna f you up. Yeah. Well, okay, and but you that, would if right. you, if you. But Chris, you know, look, there are certain things in our community. When I was growing up, obviously, the opposite race couldn't call you the N word. But if you said something about my mama, or my grandma, yeah. you had you had to whip me. Right. Yeah. Either you had to whip me, or I'm gonna whip you. Yep. So to this day, mm -hmm. my mom, my kid, my grandma, that's sacred. 
leave that alone, bro. You want to say, hey, you terrible, man, you terrible. I'm a terrible announcer. I don't know how I got a job on TV. Mm -hmm. I can't enunciate. I got yep. a heavy southern. Oh, all that. That's fair game. Got it. But, bro, yep. I'm not. Don't let not don't there. let the suits fool you. Mm -hmm. I'm, st I'm still much of a man up under this suit. So don't come. Don't. Yeah, hey, that's why I don't go out, Chris. Everybody's like, man, you don't do anything because I know me. I'm not going to let you disrespect me, bro. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to disrespect you. I've, I'm very. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you're so not. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. To this day, Skip, I, yes, sir. No, I'm in California, and nobody says sir and ma'am, but that's where I'm from. Yes, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. Bro, don't come at me with that foolishness. He was wrong. I, I just cannot believe that Russell would react the way he did because a man told him to sit down and ice his knee. But Skip, to your Michael Jordan story, he in Denver in 98, he came, he played he, this last year. And so I saw him on the bench, and I know him, hadn't met him a couple times. And so I'm just going to go, I'm going to, hey, Mike. He didn't turn around. Ron Harper heard me. He, Mike didn't turn around. I'm like, hey, Mike. So I went to touch him on his shoulder. Man, they had me hemmed up so quick. That security had me. Man, I thought I was a Mason table lose. It's like, nah, that's sharp. And then he turned around. He's like, nah, nah, he cool, he cool. He's like, I see, I see you, uh, I see you back, you know, uh, in the in the hallway after the game. He just but, shut it all out. No, he, he didn't. shut the world out. And, and like I said, Harp heard who I was. Harp turned around like, oh, what's up? Mm. Mike was just like this, so I wouldn't, you know, get his attention. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, you brought up the point about it is their workplace. Yes. They should have protection. Yep. Yes. Right. You'll come on your job and act up. You'll right. come on my job and act up. Imagine if we were surrounded by people that could say whatever they wanted to us at any time and you had to perform. I mean, it's. It, I know you've hey. experienced yeah. it on a different level. You, you haven't experienced imagine. one of our road shows. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, Jenny, oh, you about to yeah. get my 15 proposals. Yeah. Oh, Jenny, I'll marry you. I can handle that. <laughs> and they can heckle, but there's a limit. There's a line. There is a line. Right. What's, a the, line. what's the guy in Washington that you... I, I don't... You mean the heckle? Robbie, remember Robin, 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 I remember who you're talking about. Like yeah, heckle, yeah, have he a good old time. Never Detroit race. fans are yes. like that. He dressed in a jersey. got That's fine. But don't step over the line. Right. Next, NBA reporter with Yahoo Sports Vincent Goodwill is with Nick and Cece to discuss what's going wrong in Golden State. How surprising is this recent slump that the Warriors have been on? How surprising is that to you? Not surprising at all. I think Klay Thompson giving us a soundbite once every three years is more surprising than yeah, really. the team sort of going mm. through it. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, guys... When you have a team that's on his run to go to what? It's fifth straight NBA final. The large part of it is basically his core minus Kevin Durant. And you're trying to win your third straight title. I go back and look at history. When you look at the Bulls and their championship runs, the third year was the toughest. The Lakers and the Shaq and Kobe in 2002, they were on fumes. I just think it's hard to sustain this level of effort, concentration, and just interest. Like, we're in the doldrums of the season now. Usually you get a spark at different points of the year. At some point, it was Boogie Cousins coming back. At the beginning of the year, it was just these guys coming back together. Now they're looking at the calendar and saying the playoffs are in five weeks. This is what we're gearing up for. And I think also, guys, part of it, they have two liabilities. One is DeMarcus Cousins on defense, and the other one is possibly Draymond Green on offense. Yes. Because he can no longer shoot, and he's no longer being aggressive in terms of driving to the basket to set up other guys before. 
you would see him drive to the basket on plays and draw defense. Now, he doesn't even do that. He just waits around for the dribble handoff, and I think that's something that he's going to have to sort of adjust. They're going to have to adjust. Maybe not play boogie comes as much in the playoffs because their margin for error is thinner, and teams are now catching up to the way that they play. The point you made about Draymond, I mean, that's how the game ended last night. I mean, they, they don't have to be three hunting on this play. There's 20 seconds left. They're down three. Steph is doubled the entire time up the court, and look, Draymond. You're totally right. It's like, I got the ball. Let me give it right back to you. It's like the kid on offense on that play, he looked like the kid in high school that doesn't usually play and got the ball. It's like, where's the best guy? Yeah, well, he, he was 0 for 3 at that point. They weren't good from three-point mm -hmm. land, and he shot an air ball on one also. Right. So when you shoot an air ball from three-point land and they throw it to you in a critical situation, you're looking to hand off. I think your point about – because we've seen players go in and out of shooting, but – Draymond used to be more athletic and drive to the bucket. And that's where I think that his injury to his toe. He's got a serious toe injury that he's been battling all season. And that's what takes away some of that athleticism. That's what takes away him being a real triple threat that if he could pump fake and get into the lane, he still could create because he's a great passer. So this team. We can say, oh, you might be bored. Yeah, because the Bulls, that third repeat, I think they lost to a Timberwolves team during the regular season. Um, we know other teams that tried to three-peat. Yeah, there were awful losses during the regular season. But this team of the last five teams is not the best team. So I think that that in itself that they would struggle. Bench depth, they're not as strong. Livingston is not playing as well. Iggy not playing as well. Draymond, you talked about not shooting the ball as well. I think he's averaging... Seven points a game? Draymond, yes. Yeah, seven, seven points a game. 14, 10, and 8 was their 73-win season for Draymond. 7, 7, and 7 is this season for Draymond. And the percentages are killers across the board. And your point on the bench, see, they have the second lowest scoring bench in basketball. Mm -hmm. Now, I would be a lot more concerned or legitimately concerned about the Warriors if I hadn't seen Friday night. Friday night, it's like, oh, there's a big game, team trying to chase us, we're going to whoop you in the first half, win the game at halftime and coast home. But then on Sunday comes along, and they try to sleepwalk against one of the two worst teams in basketball, and they get beat. But I want to go back to your original point you said about DeMarcus Cousins. Would the Warriors right now be better without DeMarcus Cousins on the team? I don't know if they'd be better. They wouldn't be as talented, and I think they wouldn't right. be as diverse because I think in playoff basketball – if they have these off-shooting nights where you well, Steph and Claire, what, 7 for 28 from 3, you can at least diversify your offense enough to throw it down there to a guy and say, okay, you know what, Boogie, get us a couple buckets, spread the offense out, and those scoring drops won't be as prolonged. My problem with Golden State is they don't feel threatened by anybody. They don't feel threatened by Houston. They can lose to Houston on Friday on Wednesday night and not care. They whoop Denver every time someone says, oh, here's a statement game against Denver because they're the team that's chasing you. The only team that they feel remotely sort of worried about is Oklahoma City. Really? And that, yeah, I've talked to players on Golden State. They don't feel Houston is as much of a threat. When you beat a team on their seventh game on their home floor, the fear factor is gone. Oklahoma City, they respect them because they can defend and because you got two high-level players in Paul Pierce. Paul, Paul George. Mm -hmm. Paul George and Russell Westbrook. But I don't even think they fear them. I just think they respect them more than any other team in the West. The play of Boogie and Draymond, is that the kind of stuff that changes? With the, we, talk, we talk about the, the switch going on and off when the playoffs come. I mean, do you really think this team is going to suddenly get it together in the next five weeks? Well, Draymond, his shooting has gone down drastically since 2016. When he's I think also he's, not taking shots. No, he's not, he's not taking them. But I think his intensity rises. If you look at their defense, 
their team defense is not where it should be. Mm -hmm. But teams are scoring more than they were in 2016. So before, you could have a third quarter rush where you could play eight tough minutes of defense, put yourself up by 20, and coast the rest of the way. Now you're doing that, and teams are taking the other 20 minutes left in the game, and they're coming back. The fear factor for, for the Warriors is not there as much as it was before. And yet it can turn it on, but sometimes you turn on that switch, now electricity ain't coming on. Well, and we right. I mean, and we've seen that for them in the the loss a few days ago or last week, where they they hit the switch. They after being down the whole game, took the lead in the third quarter, and then lost. And then the other team came back. Can't remember exactly what it was the game before the Celtics game, and lost. And they got blown out by Boston. I just the number Chris keeps bringing up is the defense. It was a top five defense. Their first two championship seasons, top three yep. defense actually. Last year was a top eight defense. This year it's 14th. This year, as far as five-man lineups in the NBA, all five-man lineups across all rosters, the Warriors' starting five is the fifth worst, fifth worst defensively since Boogie came into the lineup. Like, that is the question. The question is, all right, if in the playoffs, Iggy gets back to being Iggy. Draymond steps it up a bit. Will they be okay with Boogie on the bench? And more importantly, will Boogie, will be, Boogie okay be okay with him being on well, the he bench? Have, well, he's going to have to be because they're going to go to that death lineup. Yep. With, the original death with lineup. The original death lineup mm -hmm. with Draymond at the five playing the back line. And I think Draymond, you can depend on Draymond bringing it more on defense than you can on any other, single other entity that's struggling with them right now. Now, Chris Broussard joins Colin to break down the Lakers shutting down their young core. So Jeff Van Gundy said this weekend uh, he suggested that, you know, they trade LeBron. You have to put it on the table. I'm, I'm for hearing anything. I thought the big story of the weekend, though, Chris, and it, it didn't get a lot of publicity. Brandon Ingram, it has been discovered, has a, uh, a medical issue, which is the same Chris Bosch had, which, which I believe takes Brandon off the trade market. No general manager, I think, is going to trade for him. So that's, a, that's an asset. Lonzo Ball is now same day announced out for the year. He's missed as many games as he's played in two years. We thought at the trading deadline that Lonzo was starting to play well and Ingram were assets. I would argue today one is off the trading market and the other with another serious injury is a C to C minus player who I'm not sure can stay healthy. That leads me to believe this, Chris. You can't trade for Anthony Davis. They don't have enough assets. You still can, and here's why. From what I've been told, New Orleans is really looking at Boston's offer. Like, that's what they're waiting for, even more so than Zion. If, like, if New York gets the number one pick, they're more in on what can we get from Boston. But if Kyrie leaves the Celtics, I think Danny Ainge would be out of his mind to give up Jason Tatum and picks and, you know, Jalen Brown, whoever their package would be around Tatum for Anthony Davis and what's likely a one-year rental. Like, if, if they have Kyrie, then, yeah, you could probably keep Anthony Davis for the long haul. But if you don't, if you don't have Kyrie, I'm not giving up all – because I'm still going to be good without Kyrie. I may not be a championship contender, but I'll still be a really good team that can go deep in the East, and, you know, who knows what can happen with Anthony that. Davis said he would listen to anybody. Are we sure that it's only Boston and the Lakers? What if somebody – No, the Knicks would be in there. And and he's not going to all 20 – like, he's not open to all 29 teams. Is he open and to I, six, seven? I, I think it's still Lakers, Knicks, Cel and Celtics aren't – I don't know how open he is to them if Kyrie's not there. So I, I look if Boston if Kyrie leaves 
and Boston doesn't offer a great package. If the Knicks don't get the number one pick and don't offer, therefore don't offer Zion, then who's giving up a better deal than the Lakers for what likely may be a one-year rental? And don't think Rich Paul and, and company won't tell teams, look, he's not staying. Because they're already saying they're not going to tell anybody he's definitely staying long-term. He's going to be a free agent wherever he goes. Now, if he goes to the Lakers, he'll likely he would stay. But that's, that's the challenge for teams. So I don't think they're out of it. You, look, Kuzma, the, whatever this lottery pick is, Lonzo, yes. that's not – I mean, that's not bad. You, you throw in more for than that, Anthony too. Anthony Davis? Hey, I'm, I, look, I, the Brandon Ingram, first of all, obviously we're prayerful for his health and all that because that, that's a terrible situation. But – from it does kill his trade value. Okay, yeah, There's yeah. Because no, that, 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 even Chris Bosh came back and played. But it doesn't and mean. The, and, and then it happened again. And so you, no team wants that, that possibility of recurrence. So we just hope it's not as bad as, as it possibly could be. So I'm a believer in connecting the dots. So four months ago, Draymond Dream had a public spat Draymond's an average player had a public spat with a legend and called him out legends keep score Michael did Kobe did LeBron does so if an average player publicly outs me you think he's only average this year Draymond's become an average this player. year he's been down okay so an average player talks trash and gets personal with KD about three weeks later you just start hearing all these KD rumors KD's interested here KD's interested <laughs> My belief is it's a power play that Kevin Durant is letting it known. I'm not totally happy here. Then a video surfaces this weekend of Steve Kerr, and I'm not a lip reader, but it wasn't hard to figure out what he was saying. He said, I'm so blanking sick of Draymond. I think Draymond's the odd man out. Stars connect with stars, relate to stars, and support stars. You know, we were talking about the old entourage thing. You know, there's after a while an entourage, you know, Turtle was still a big deal. And then there was that. Who was the guy that be, became kind of the the odd man out? He was drama. Johnny drama became kind of like, right, right. you know, Draymond's becoming Johnny drama where I think Kerr's tired of him. I know KD's tired of him. And frankly, he's an average player. Look, of the four stars and not including uh, Marcus, right. He's certainly the most expendable. And if KD goes to the front office, or his agent does, and says, look, he'll stay if you get rid of Draymond. Oh, there's no doubt you choose KD over Draymond. That said, I'm not necessarily looking to get rid of Draymond. Like, if KD doesn't say that and he's leaving regardless or staying regardless, I'm not looking to get rid of Draymond. I understand his value. Now, look. His body may be breaking down a little bit. Obviously, he's, you know, got a, uh, his temperament is what it is. But Draymond is important to that team defensively, and he's not what he used to be. That's part of their problems defensively is he's a little bit on the decline. His shooting has been down. It's been terrible from three-point range. Terrible. And that's why Steph hasn't played as well lately because teams are just sagging off of Draymond, giving him the three, and you can focus on the other shooters. But – it's not to a point where I don't think Draymond can kind of get back or some of that and shoot the ball better in the future. Uh, if KD leaves, then I'm not trying to get rid of Draymond. 
you know. But I, if he doesn't. If he doesn't leave, if, if, if he's, again, I if think KD a, makes it a point, then a, I'm choosing KD any day of the week. I can find somebody who can defend, my, maybe not as good as Draymond, but who can be a good defensive player. Now, it's going to be tough to replace his playmaking and his passing and running offense, but Steph is a great passer. KD can pass the ball. I could do it. So I'm with you. Um, it seems to me these rumors of KD started about two weeks after that public outing. Well, but remember, there was a lot of talk even before the season that this could be his last year there. There was talk about him maybe wanting to go to New York. Here's what I hope happens. If a double A shortstop walked up to A Rod in his prime and talked trash, <laughs> legends. now he's just a double A shortstop. <laughs> he's probably gonna be. He might be a Hall of Famer. Now let me let me tell you what I hope what needs to happen this summer. The best case scenarios this summer for the NBA: Kyrie and KD go to New York. New York gets the first pick and keeps Zion. Okay. Okay, then it's fascinating. AD goes to the Lakers. Okay, Anthony Davis. Clay stays in Golden State. Ka- Kawhi either stays in Toronto or goes to the Clippers. My point is, can you imagine now all of a sudden, you probably got seven teams on the same level. Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, Boston. New York, then Boston and Indiana still, Toronto still in the East. I don't disagree. That would be awesome for the league. But I don't think it's going to happen. But I do think it's a great— You don't think KD's going to New York now? I don't, I, I've said it before. I'll believe it when I see it. Because of the meat. Mm-hmm. I've been told that I'm not saying Kyrie and KD aren't going to New York because they, they very well may. But I have been told that they are looking closely at the media hype. Obviously, they're sensitive. They got rabbit ears. And they're looking at the media attention that you get when you play in New York. Just taking it into consideration. Following Nick and CeCe react to reports that the Lakers might try to shop LeBron James. You think magic is in a little over his head? I don't overreact. Is this your pump the brakes? I just don't. Listen, the plan always was a two-summer plan, so let's see how this summer goes. Obviously, after they signed LeBron, the moves they made last summer were were bad moves, were the wrong moves. Mm -hmm. Now, I defended them then, and I will defend them now. They could not re-sign Julius Randle. He he wanted a multi-year deal. He wanted a player option. He got that from New Orleans. And if they would have given that to him, you're going to say, oh, well, he's going to opt out. Mm -hmm. Maybe. But if he were to suffer an injury, you would be, if you give anyone a multi-year deal, then you are out of the free agent game. So the Julius Randle thing, that is revisionist history. And in my opinion, these are some coaches that know they're probably getting fired. That that, Because the whole staff's going to probably get fired. Nick, before before you continue on with the story, did you know about this before this became public? Yeah, I mean, to, yes. We, there because was, you're the first person that ever told me about this. Be, 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 I know that, that right now there's a report out, but there were people in the NBA and NBA circles that knew of this story. Were they just holding it until... Well, we, I think that... Here's what I think. I think that Luke Walton and his staff have played good soldier and to their credit. I also think that they know that people can play the leak game in the media or in front offices as well as anybody. And when Luke Walton could be fired midseason, leaking out information that it, it would make you look good in a moment but would not sit well in the front offices, that might be a quicker way to get fired midseason, right? Yeah, absolutely. But now it's, it's a wrap. We know that Luke's going to finish the season. We know he's going to get fired. And so I, I understand why you would say, hey, but wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. I wanted to keep these guys. Now, the Julius Randle stuff, I, 
they shouldn't have kept him. It was the right move, even though he's been excellent. The Brooke Lopez is a different story. Brooke Lopez, yeah, he's become a better three-point shooter this year, but he shot five and a half threes a game three years ago. Well, two years ago, it was four and a half. This year, it's six and a half. He was 35% or better every year. We saw LeBron with Channing Frye excel. Like, and yes. Brooke Lopez was three and a half million dollars. Mm -hmm. You gave JaVale two and a half million dollars. So that is one that mm -hmm. you could look back and say, why didn't you keep Brooke Lopez? Milwaukee got him for one year, 3.5 million, if you could match that and keep him. So that's a fair criticism. But this is, I think you're going to hear a lot more things like this, see, uh, uh, more. But here's how I would have done things. Because when things go poorly and people are going to lose their jobs, even if you can't save your job, right. you want the next employer to know, well, it wasn't on me. In right. fact, I knew better than this. There's a lot of finger pointing and a lot of different names are going to pop up of who really should be to blame for what's happened to the Lakers. So all the attention now points to this offseason with this organization. How much, CC, of what happens in this offseason is going to determine whether or not LeBron James was a success with the Lakers? Well, it's all building steps. Like, we can't forget when LeBron signed, he was like, let's be patient. All right? Like, we, if, 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 and, and Nick, you've pointed this out, this out through the year, they couldn't overreact because then that would have taken them out of the max market where they couldn't add another max player. And that was one of the things at the trade deadline. They didn't end up signing a bad deal. Now, they didn't make any trades that end up helping the team the way that they needed it, but they didn't take themselves from getting someone like Kawhi, Kyrie Irving, or the other guys, Kimba, the guys that will be available this summer. So we know that there would be, let's be patient, but, man, if the, we can't be patient no more than that. No. Like, LeBron's there for four years, but Magic's not. And Magic got there before Le LeBron. So, him and Rob Palenka, and they should have pressure on him. I mean, Rob Palenka, he's a basketball agent. Taking over the Los Angeles Lakers with Magic Johnson, and I know people would like to appropriate, man, what you did on the field, on the court, but in the front office, but we've had more people fail at that than we've had be successful. So there should be a tremendous amount of scrutiny on people doing that. John Lynch, what he's trying to do in San Francisco, tremendous amount of pressure on him. These jobs are very, very difficult, but this is the year for Magic. Like, I don't believe there will be, will he be there in year three? If it doesn't work out next year as far as getting a big-time free agent and they're not one of the top four seeds in the Western Conference, what has he done to bring basketball? Now, he said, if I don't get this done, I'll fire myself. Well, okay, be careful what you say. There's, there's two ways, tried and true, to build a basketball team in the modern NBA. One is luck out in the draft, get the superstar, and build around him brilliantly. That's what Milwaukee's trying to do right now, by the way. Milwaukee got Giannis, developed Giannis, and th they knew they weren't going to be a major free agent destination. We got to trade for Eric Bledsoe and then sell him on it and get him to extend. We have to develop, we have to, we have to get Malcolm Brogdon in here when he's undervalued elsewhere and who turn wins rookie of the year and turns into a real player. We have to, we have to find value from Tony Snell when other teams don't. Like, that's one path. The other path, and that path involves you got to have really, really smart, analytical people that are in the weeds that are saying, hey, guess what, Brooke Lopez, the Lakers aren't using him right. He can shoot even more threes. He can unlock our spacing of our offense. The other path is just star hunt. 
right? I'm going to go get this star, I'm going to get this star, and the rest will figure itself out. That's been the Lakers' path. When you hire an agent and a legend as your front office people, none of them are the guys saying, well, actually, this guy's box score plus minus is not. No, it is we will use the power of our city, of our name, and our reputation to bring in superstars. This summer they landed the superstar of all superstars. Will that follow but up? But he did. He did drive to the front lawn. Well, <laughs> all they had to do was open the door. And, they just oh. had to say, okay. That's the other aspect of it. It's totally correct is that how much does does LeBron go to the Lakers if no, no matter who the GM is, right? Is that If Mitch Kupchak's still the GM, does he go to the Lakers? Probably. Yes. But you, we don't hold that against you. But can you get another guy that will determine whether or not they can compete for a championship? And last week, Chris Broussard sat here and said, yes, Magic was in front of LeBron's house. But why wasn't Rob Palenka in OKC where, where they end up convincing Paul George or they end up throwing a party that night for the team, him and Russ, to be able to celebrate? Why weren't they working together in that? Because... Do they have that pool? We know L.A. has the pool. We know the Lakers have the pool. But does Rob Palenka and Magic Johnson and their relationships throughout the league have pool to build, bring players there? Nick, what's the big sell right now for a free agent coming up this offseason? Is it still going to be playing with LeBron? Is it the organization? I mean, it's is, is it L.A., the city? I think it's the totality of all of it. Like LeBron said, LeBron's always been LeBron, right? And he said it was harder to get, get guys to come to Cleveland than to Miami. And so L.A. is better than both spots if you don't care about the state tax aspect of it. It's the organization that the Lakers, prior to five years ago, had missed the playoffs five times in the history of the organization since they were the Minneapolis Lakers. Now they're going to have missed the playoffs six years in a row. Mm -hmm. It's the city. It is the ability to compete for championships. And it's LeBron. It's all of the above. Can that, though, trump what they're trying to put together in the same city with the Clippers. And I saw last night Kyrie Irving spent more time talking glowingly about Doc Rivers than I've heard him talk about anyone recently. Like the Clippers and their legend at GM or general team president, whatever his title is, Jerry West, has a track record of knowing how to do this, a track record of success in building basketball teams. So it's not going to be easy, but I still believe the Lakers are going to get somebody, a wingman for LeBron this summer. We're not quite sure who it is at the moment. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.